0: And I was like, wow, okay, this is what birth is supposed to be like. This is what it's meant to feel like Um, because I just felt so empowered after that birth and that's not how I felt after my first birth.
1: Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. How did your birth location make you feel during your birthing experience? Confined and imprisoned or totally set free? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to this week's episode of the happy home birth podcast. This week, we're speaking to Esmeralda, a mother to three children, doula, and home birth shop owner. We'll hear how Esmeralda went from a confined hospital experience to absolute freedom in her home births. Okay, let's jump in. Esmeralda, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast.
0: I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm thrilled to have you. Would you mind taking just a moment to introduce yourself and your family to the listeners?
0: Yeah, so my name is Esmeralda. I am a doula. I'm a mom of three. And I also am a small shop owner, business owner. Um, I always mess with that term. I don't know really how to explain myself on that part. But I own a small shop. And I'm just really passionate about home births. So this podcast makes total sense for me to be on right now. <laughs>
1: I'm thrilled to have you. I love to hear that. Um, It sounds like you're not busy at all, huh? You got nothing going on with (laughs) mom to three, doula, you own a shop. It's... Simple stuff, really. Yeah,
0: <laughs> not too busy right now. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, awesome. Well, I'm really excited to hear how this all unfolded for you, how you became so passionate about home birth, mm-hmm. um, and I know that that's related to your own birth stories. So, could we start from the very beginning and just let us know, like, where were you, what was going on in your life when you became pregnant with your first?
0: Yeah, definitely. So my husband and I had actually just gotten married, and not even a month later after our wedding, we found out that we were pregnant with our first. So that was very exciting for us in our first year. But at that time, we were living with my in-laws. So even though I did kind of in my head have that idea of home birth, it wasn't something that really was number one priority to me. And I also Kind of felt uncomfortable asking somebody else, like, hey, can I use your house to have a home birth in? Um, So that wasn't my number one priority, and that's why I didn't really ask them. I just figured I'll do what everybody else does. I'll go to the hospital. I'll just get an OB, um, and it'll be fine. So that's what I initially thought, and that's what I did. I just found an OB that I think one of my friends said that. She had used and her friend had used, and I was like, oh, if they used her, then, you know, it'll be fine. She's good. Um, when it got to my actual birth, because before that, during the pregnancy, everything was fine. I had let her know I didn't want an epidural. I just wanted a natural birth. Um And she seemed like that was perfectly fine, and I'd be able to do that. Well, once... I was around 39 weeks, I believe. My water started leaking, and at that time, I didn't know too much about it, so I thought my water had just broke. And I called them, and they're like, yeah, just come in, we'll check you. When I went in, they did check me, but they came back in and said, oh yeah, it's your water. So, to me, not knowing anything, I'm like, oh, my water did break then even though it didn't. And I didn't know that at the time. So they're like, okay, we're just going to start you on Pitocin then because you're only one centimeter. No information was given at all about why I needed the Pitocin. If there was other options besides getting the Pitocin, it was just, we're giving it to you. That's it. So I Uh thought, okay, yeah, I thought, okay, that's what I have to do then, because they didn't give me a choice, really, the way they worded it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I did. I got on the Pitocin, and those were constant back-to-back contractions. They were the worst, most unbearable thing I could ever experience, Um, and it did get to a point where I almost was going to ask for the epidural because they kept coming in saying, are you sure you don't want it you know it might speed things up and I'm like no I told you guys the whole pregnancy I didn't want the epidural that was my number one thing and they kept still coming and asking me every like hour if I wanted it and I did almost get to that breaking point where I was going to say yes but luckily I had a nurse who was wonderful And she's like, there's so many women who give birth without the epidural. If that's really what you want, you can do it. And I was like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. (laughs) So I'm so thankful for that nurse still to this day because she's the reason I didn't end up getting the epidural.
1: How amazing to hear that for mm -hmm. those care providers. I know we have a lot of L&D nurses that listen to this podcast and just knowing Wow, you can be the difference maker for somebody. Mm -hmm. You can help them do what it was that they came to do, even in spite of the fact that everyone else is seemingly not on board. That's huge.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was. Um, It was almost like she was my little mini doula in that moment Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a doula. I didn't know about doulas for my first birth. So I'm really thankful for her. Um, And then that. Too long after that is when I finally ended up giving birth to my son. Luckily, I didn't end up with all the interventions that could have happened if I did get the epidural. And even without getting the epidural, they still, at the last hour, were talking about possibly getting an emergency C-section just because I was at the 24-hour mark of my water leaking. So they started bringing it up. Luckily, I didn't have to because I gave birth within that hour. Um, so I was very lucky for that and I got my natural birth like I wanted to, but I just left that birth, not feeling like it was supposed to be like that. Um, I just felt like in my head, I knew we were made to give birth and that's literally what we're supposed to do. So why was that birth so painful, so hard? It just didn't feel like I was complete. And that wasn't how it was supposed to be, basically. So for my second birth, luckily I had met a doula and she kind of showed me everything about like what a doula is, how they work and into your birth team and all of that. So I immediately knew when I got pregnant with my second, I wanted to have a doula. That was the first thing I did after I got my positive pregnancy test.
1: I texted my doula like, hey, I'm pregnant, so you're going to be my doula. <laughs> what well, how, how uh, was the age gap between your first and second?
0: Um, they're two years apart. So you learned a so, lot
1: in a very short amount of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, very short. Um, I think I was only like a year. He was a year and a half maybe when I found out that I was pregnant somewhere around there. Um, So he was still really little. They actually are exactly 22 months apart, which is really cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a small age gap where I learned all of that. And then luckily by the time that we were going to have her, we were going to have our own home already too. Mm -hmm. So we were able to plan for our home birth without me feeling that uncomfortability asking somebody else. And that was actually a really big part in our home buying process. I saw our tub and I was like, that's a home birth tub. (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, my doula definitely helped me throughout that pregnancy with being very confident in myself about birthing at home. Um, I did have a midwife for this pregnancy as well, instead of an OB and then I actually started learning about free birth as well because my midwife wasn't, I don't know how to explain it. It's not that she wasn't good. I just didn't feel connected to her mm-hmm. and I felt like I wanted that connection with whoever mm-hmm. was going to be there at my birth. So um, we started talking about free birth a little bit and then I just looked more into it and I it really intrigued me because I've always, like I said, had that mentality That we were made to do this. We don't need anyone really to do it. It's good to have support, but we don't really need anyone. We can do it all on our own. So I love that idea. And I did actually choose free birth with my second. Wow. It was just, yeah, it was just my doula, me, um, and then my family, of course, my husband and my mom, because she was a really big support in my first birth as well. So I definitely chose her again for the second one.
1: How special you um, have been able to bring your mom in on that process and for her to have been like, yeah, all right, let's do it. I, I support this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, she was a little bit on the <laughs> apprehensive side. Yeah, she was like, um, I'm not sure about it, but she knows that I'm really big on like research, um, research. And I just like was constantly listening to free birth stories, reading all the books that I could have read. Me and my doula were talking about all the questions that I had like to possibly ask ever. So she knows that I was really good on all of that education part. And so she trusted me essentially to make that decision. And same thing with my husband too. He was a little bit like, I'm not sure we might need somebody there. Um, he wasn't too sure about the whole home birth thing too so to say like there's no midwife Also, he was like okay (laughs) are you sure about that (laughs) but he did get on board also like my mom because he knows he trusts me
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I love it
0: and I did want my son there but he was a little bit too small I feel like to understand what was going on. So I just had someone planned to be kind of like his babysitter that day, but also him be in the house. Um, That way, if he did want to like check on me, see what's going on, he could. But if he was too overstimulated, he could have just gone with her. Um, So that was kind of my backup plan with him only being 22 months at the time. But for this home birth, it was really unexpected I was preparing for like a super long labor again just like my first one I was preparing for it to be really painful and just very similar to the first one even though in my head I knew it was the Pitocin that caused it to be so unbearable um, I still was like okay it might still be the same thing without the Pitocin I don't know because I've never experienced it before So I was still preparing for all of that. Um, But the day that I ended up giving birth, it all went super smoothly. It was like, first my mucus plug showed up. And I'm like, okay, that might be a sign. I'll text my doula, see if maybe this is going to get things started. But obviously we know it might not be the first sign. Um, So I waited And then two hours later, this was in the middle of the night, by the way. So it was like one in the morning, I think, when I lost it. And then around three in the morning is when I woke up to contractions. And they weren't painful or anything. They just woke me up. I kind of was like surprised and shocked that I actually had some. And from then till the morning, I was able to sleep through them comfortably. I didn't keep getting woken up by them until around maybe seven in the morning, is when it actually, like, I jumped out of bed, and was like, whoa, okay, that was a big one. Um, And that was what I would say the beginning of me thinking, okay, this is probably the day. But I was very much in denial the whole day (laughs) that I was even in labor. Um, I kept telling everybody, like, it's okay, it's fine, because all my contractions weren't happening consistently, they were super inconsistent. They were like, okay, five minutes apart here and then 20 minutes apart and then 10 minutes. And it just kept changing to like then 30 minutes. So I didn't think it was real. I thought maybe they were just like Braxton Hicks or something because they kept being so inconsistent. And I told everybody, I don't know, it might be the day, it might not. We'll see. If anything, it'll probably be super late at night. Because um, it was ver- it was early in the morning when all of this was happening. And my husband, I think he had to leave for work at around 11 or something at that time. And I told him, like, yeah, you should just go. You're only like five minutes away, so it should be fine. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm staying. I'm staying. It's happening today. It's happening. I'm like, okay. So he ended up staying, which was good because the whole birth, I like for some reason couldn't tell how far along I was. Like I kept thinking it was going to happen way later than when it actually happened. So I texted everybody super late. It was like maybe four, four o'clock-ish when I texted Um, my aunt who's going to be watching my son, my mom to come over. Um, I hadn't told my doula to come over yet because, again, I was still like, maybe it's not going to happen. I don't know, guys. (laughs) Um, They were still inconsistent at four in the afternoon. So I was like, I don't know. Um, And then I think it was when they got here, I was like, okay, now things are starting to pick up Mm -hmm. and – It wasn't painful. It wasn't uncomfortable. It was just, I couldn't talk through them anymore. And that's what made me like, okay, it is real because now I can't even talk through them. Um, What was making me in denial before was that they weren't painful at all. It was like no pain for me. um, And then the inconsistency as well was just making me think it wasn't real. So, I finally, once I went through that, told my doula like, okay, now it's time for you to come because I can't talk through them. So she came over and we just talked a little bit. Um, We started going upstairs, all of us, to get my birth space ready because I didn't have a birth pool. I just used my home tub Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom was filling it up. My doula was helping me like pick out birth affirmations to hang up. And I really thought, we had enough time, but we didn't. My mom was only like halfway done filling the tub. So it was not full. And I'm like, okay, I need to get on the bed because I feel I had like an instinct where I felt like I had to grab onto something. And at that point I was just on the floor on all fours and like swaying my hips a little bit because that's what felt most comfortable to me but I needed something to grab onto. So I told my husband to pick me up onto the bed so I could grab like our headboard. And the second I did that, I'm like, oh my God, she's coming. I had no idea she was gonna come that fast. Um, I really thought it was gonna be way later at night. I told everybody, I think around maybe nine o'clock and this was maybe 6.40, I think when I got onto the bed. (laughs) So way earlier than I expected. But um, I literally had to yell to everybody to come help me because I felt her just shooting out of me. I wasn't pushing at all. It was all fur. Like, it wasn't me at all. And I literally had my pants on still because I didn't think she was coming at all. I
1: thought (laughs) I had two hours.
0: (laughs) <laughs> so I was yelling at everybody to like take my pants off so that they could catch her um, because I couldn't move. I was just like shocked. I was like, help me, somebody. <laughs> um, and so they hurried up and took off my pants. And as soon as they did that, she shot out. I didn't try to push her, nothing And so it was kind of a lot of chaos in that last five minutes, just because we weren't expecting it. And she came out so fast. Um, I think from when I said she was coming to when she was actually born was only like a minute, because she just literally shot out like so fast. Um, So that was really fun to kind of witness. But after everything, all the chaos was over and we kind of had our skin-to-skin moment and that golden hour, that's when I really took a step back and looked at how the whole, whole day went in comparison to my first birth. And I was like, wow, okay, this is what birth is supposed to be like. This is what it's meant to feel like um, because I just felt so empowered after that birth and that's not how I felt after my first birth. So I immediately knew, like, I'm definitely always going to have home births. This is just my thing now. And I just became so in love with the idea of birthing at home and all the benefits that it has because I truly did feel so safe at home. I felt so comfortable, which those things I didn't feel at the hospital. I felt like all the strangers were coming in all the time and just not giving me any chance to breathe, really, at the hospital and I had all that at home with just my family here. I went on my day. It was normal um, that whole day. Like I just did my normal routine up until right before I was about to give birth, essentially. And that's total opposite of what I had that first time where I was stuck in a bed for 24 hours and couldn't move. So I just found it a real benefit, and it just felt like that's what it was meant to be, basically, for my
1: second. It really – I feel like your your story, despite the fact that, you know, we could say, oh, with your first birth, like, you know, it wasn't a traumatic C-section. Hooray. You didn't – you know, whatever. But it's the, it's the concept behind it of yeah. you were stuck in this place. You felt like you had no choice. You weren't presented mm-hmm. with an option of choice. It was just told to you, like, oh, well, you – yep, your water, it's your water. And here you are stuck in this bed for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. It is confinement. Like it is prison versus Mm -hmm. free birth where you have ultimate Mm -hmm. freedom. I think that that is so powerful and what a huge transition from one to the other. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially like not being able to eat for 24 hours too what? was insane to me um, because the whole day of my home birth I was just eating normal like mm-hmm. I wasn't restricting anything obviously I kind of watched what I ate to be not too like greasy or anything because I was afraid <laughs> you know during birth you didn't want
1: but- to throw up soup like I did <laughs> I'm confused I- <laughs>
0: I didn't throw up anything because I didn't have greasy food, but I was able to eat whatever I wanted to, drink whatever I wanted to, um, and that was super amazing, and then just being in your own bed afterwards, too, there's nothing like that, just to snuggle with your newborn, and my son too was able to just come in and see the baby right away. It wasn't like at the hospital. I know some hospitals do allow it, but the hospital I was at the first time, they wouldn't have allowed him to come in. So we would have had to wait for him to meet her until we got home. So with having the home birth, he was able to meet her right away, which he was a little bit, scared at the moment. I think he thought that I was hurt just the way that we were all in bed and there were towels everywhere. He kind of got freaked out by that. But once he saw that I was fine, then he was like, oh, okay. And just kind of looked at her and he was really gentle with her at first. Um, so that was great.
1: Oh, that but is
0: incredible. then we had decided from after my second, because we had that close um, two-year age gap that we wanted a little bit of a bigger one this time with um possibly a three-year age gap Mm -hmm. and then we would have two more because our goal was four it still is four i don't know why i said was (laughs) um so then my daughter had her first birthday this is my second and that day I started feeling like my hips, something was wrong with them. And I'm like, why are my hips hurting? Maybe it was her birthday party, like all the walking around and moving and decorating, you know, was messing with my hips. And the reason why this is kind of important is because I had um, SPD with my first at the very end. And then I had it with my second from like the middle of pregnancy all the way to the end. So it just never got better from there. I didn't really do anything because after I gave birth, it just went away. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm fine. But yeah, on her first birthday, I noticed that my hips were feeling a little weird. So I'm like, okay, that only happens when I'm pregnant, but maybe it was her party. (laughs) So then I go through that week and I keep feeling that same feeling in my hips. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should test because I never feel this when I'm not pregnant. And sure enough, I had a positive pregnancy test right after her first birthday. So I had to tell my family, like, just kidding. No three-year age gap.
1: (laughs) Remember that funny joke I made about a three-year age gap?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was just a joke. I was kidding. Um, So we actually... It was kind of because of that, but also it was special to us. We kept it a secret Mm -hmm. from, like, social media, from extended family. Um, We only told our small, close family, like my parents, brothers and sisters, and then same for my husband, Um, and we didn't tell anybody else besides that. Um, And like I said, it was in part because we told everybody about that three-year age gap, and I just didn't want that negativity of – oh, um, like it so close to your, your other two, because again, it was only going to be not even two years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was 20 months this time. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit less than two years. But I just didn't want any of that negativity of people saying anything because Mm -hmm. I wanted that age gap. And that's what I was telling them. Um, And also, I just wanted it to be more special for us to keep it just
1: between all of us. Yeah. Um, I I wonder, I mean, it's interesting just because mm-hmm. that was my experience with number three as well, was this desire to keep it close. And then we did yeah. we did eventually share, but even after that, I haven't shared much about the pregnancy just because it's been mm-hmm. like oh, but this is just like our private little thing and yeah. I don't know, it's really special.
0: Yeah, it is really special. Um, we also weren't going to find out the gender with this one too. So everything felt really intimate and secretive about the birth. Um, and I did really like that. So we already had, my first was my son and then my second was my daughter. So with our third, we're like, we're not going to find
1: out this time. So you, you did know the gender of the previous though.
0: Yes. The gotcha. first two we found out, like as soon as we could find out by ultrasound, mm-hmm. we were like, let's go. We got to go find gotcha. out. <laughs> um, but yeah, with our third, we decided to wait until birth, which was really special. Um, the whole time I did kind of have an intuition of it being a girl. And that was really interesting, too, because with my first two, I didn't feel like I had that intuition feeling because I kind of had more of a, I want a girl first. Mm -hmm. That was my mindset always. So I thought it was a girl for my first one, even though it was a boy, because I wanted a girl. Mm -hmm. Then with my second, I kind of was like, well, I was wrong the first time, so I'm not going to get my girl again. It's going to be a boy again. I'm going to get two boys because I want a girl. And I was wrong again. I had a girl. But like I said, I think it was really me not having not listening to my instincts and just listening to what I wanted, basically my brain. Um, so for this one, I didn't really have any preferences. I had both. <clears throat> and so I listened to like what I really, really truly thought this baby was. And I was set on girl. The whole time I kept telling everyone, I think it's a girl. Well, not everyone, but those people who a small knew. Lot of people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it was really special, too, because my husband at the time, his grandma was sick and she was on hospice and she actually told one of his brothers that she saw a little girl and they were like, oh, that was Emery, which is my daughter. Um, and she's like, no, no, it wasn't Emery. I know what Emery looks like. It wasn't her. And so they're like, there was no little girl here. Mm-hmm. And he told us that story on the day that we found out we were pregnant so we hadn't even told him and he told us this story and me and my husband just kind of looked at each other like "Mm, is she talking about our pregnancy like she saw our baby girl um because she did already have stories of telling um his mom that like she saw other people who had already passed away um because she was that far along in hospice that she kind of wasn't all there, but she was saying that she saw people who had already passed away and they're like, no, no, it's okay. So that was really special too, to kind of think that she, before passing, saw our third daughter. Um, and yeah. I like to think that was really what she saw too. <laughs>
1: That's it's um, interesting. That, um, that happened with my oldest daughter. My husband's grandmother was was dying and she knew we were pregnant <laughs> we, and we didn't know we were pregnant. And she was like, I had a dream. <laughs> and was like, oh. <laughs> she was <were> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting to just like hear stories of that, but it's also really cool and mm-hmm. sweet to think of as well. Yeah. Um. So for her birth, Um, I did end up choosing the same thing. I had the same doula as I did for my second, um, right off the bat, we chose free birth again because I just loved the experience. And I felt at that time, super knowledgeable as well, because after having my second daughter is when I started my training to become a doula. And so all of that training for me also prepared me even more than I was the first time, um, And I kind of went into it thinking I wanted um, a wild pregnancy as well this time, which I hadn't ever done before. So that was something new with my third. And it was really interesting because I felt like this whole third pregnancy was based off of my instincts. Mm. And that makes it really special for me because I trusted all of my instincts and I knew nothing was wrong with her. People would ask me, like my mom would ask me sometimes how I would know if something was wrong or like how I was feeling, if I was okay. And I just felt at peace with everything, all my Mm -hmm. decisions, everything of not having any ultrasounds we didn't do. The only thing really that I did was um, I took a pregnancy test to make sure that I was pregnant and that was it. I sometimes would measure, like, my belly, but I just watched what I ate. I had two very healthy pregnancies the first two times, so I wasn't really worried about anything. Um, The only thing I was kind of worried about was hemorrhaging because with my first, I'm not sure if you would call it hemorrhage or not because they didn't really tell me with that hospital birth, but at the end she was telling me that I lost so much blood that I could use a blood transfusion, but I wasn't at the point where I needed one. So it was my choice. Um, And I chose not to get one because I felt fine. And then with my second at home, I almost did hemorrhage again, but we used tinctures and that stopped it. So I was able to control that one too. And that was really my only worry with my third. And that's what I focused on my whole pregnancy was trying to do things that could prevent me from hemorrhaging that third time.
1: Could you compare some of the things that you did?
0: Yeah. The biggest thing that I believe helped because, um, just like going in the future a little bit, I didn't bleed at all with her for her birth. So what I think really helped me, um, was that I took beef liver capsules Mm -hmm. this pregnancy. And I had never done that before. Um, With my second, I took iron pills because I thought that was what was gonna help me. Um, But I still ended up having a lot of bleeding with her. So the iron pills didn't do anything. And that's when I learned afterwards that you need something with the iron to actually (laughs) absorb it. Um, I didn't know that before. So the beef liver really helped me, I think. Um, I also took different teas, like um, Nora tea, Mm -hmm. uh, nettle, oat, raspberry, and alfalfa. Mm -hmm. Um, I took that a lot because that's really high in everything that I needed. And I think just doing those things really helped my body prepare for not bleeding a lot because that's exactly what happened with hers. I didn't bleed really anything close to the first two. Mm. So that's something I'm really big on now is
1: taking the beef liver capsules, even postpartum. I'm like, beef liver all the way. (laughs) Every day. Yeah. That, I mean, that preventative nutritional care cannot be underestimated. That is absolutely critical. And I think that that is one of the greatest disservices that, um, that you know tr- traditional care it misses for mothers is the importance of nutrition and how that changes the trajectory of everything
0: mhm yeah it really does with my first they didn't bring up nutrition at all they didn't really, really ask didn't me anything about it yeah they didn't ask me what my diet was they didn't give me suggestions they just basically were like oh, are you taking a prenatal? I said, yep. And they said, okay. <laughs> so there was no no education on it whatsoever with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my second, I was just learning everything. So I didn't really know the full extent of it all um, until my third is when I did feel really comfortable with everything I knew. I had a lot of education at that point. Um, so yeah, my nutrition was great with my third, which I think helped along the way as well. Um, For her birth, that one was also really special. And I think I was preparing for both ends of it either being really short and fast, like my first one, or being really long and hard Mm -hmm. because my other one was super short and easy. Mm -hmm. So I made sure to mentally prepare For both scenarios, just in case, because I didn't know which one was gonna happen. And everybody kept calling the third the wild card. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) I don't know what to expect with this one. (laughs) Um, So I definitely prepared for both ends, but I wanted to be prepared for that short and fast. So as soon as I felt that first contraction, I told my husband, like, you need to set up the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I was so scared it was going to happen in, like, an hour or two just based off the previous one happening so fast. Um, And so right away when I started feeling those contractions, he was setting up the tub, making sure that I got my water birth this time um, since I didn't get it last time. And he set that all up for me. I was perfectly fine just, like, laboring at home by myself. It was the middle of the night. Um, I think it had just passed midnight when I started feeling those contractions. Um, And then I did notice it was not more painful than the second one, but a lot more intense and faster than the second one. So right away, they were starting to feel like really intense and back to back and So I'm like, okay, maybe it is going to be fast, just like my other one. So I told my mom to come. It was only maybe two in the morning when I told her to come. So it was only two hours from when I first felt that first contraction. And then I told my doula too, to come over around maybe 2.30 is when I texted her too, because I did feel like maybe it was going to happen fast again. And In my head, I was a little bit worried that I was feeling so intense because I was like, what if it is long? And this time it's going to be more intense and I'm going to have to go all day with it feeling this intense. Um, But like I said, my instincts for some reason in this pregnancy just kicked in and I knew like, okay, I know what to do. I've done this before. I just have to trust myself and not feed into that worriness that I was feeling. So... I just trusted myself from then on. Everybody got to my house to kind of help support me. And once I got into my birth pool, because I did get a birth pool this time um, instead of the tub. And then, so I kind of got into the tub and I felt like, or not the tub, the pool. I keep going back and forth between them. So I got into the birth pool. And from that moment on, it was the most peaceful birth experience I ever had compared to like my first being in the hospital, not peaceful at all. The second one being not complete chaos, but there was some chaos, just like everything was happening all at once. Um, it didn't feel just like a peaceful birth setting because I was kind of like screaming, hey, like, come get her. Um so once I was finally in the birth pool, I was able to just relax in there and labor peacefully. And I had all the lights off. I had like hypno birthing hymns in the background. I had essential oils on and it was just, I've never been so relaxed, which is strange for some people to hear because I was in labor and they're like, you were relaxed while you were in labor. And I'm like, yes, I was so relaxed. I have never been more relaxed in my life than in that moment. So that was really a special moment for me during that birth Mm -hmm. is just, it was relaxing. I Mm -hmm. didn't feel that pain. I didn't feel anything. Um, But again, my instincts took over and right away I felt like a shift in my body. And I told my doula, I said, I'm about to hit transition. Like I told her flat out, this transition is happening right now. And it's just like my body took over and knew that that's what was happening. And, of course, right after I said that, it was transition time because it was, like, um, super intense. I was starting to make louder noises because before then I wasn't. um, I was super quiet before then. And um, I just felt so much pressure this time. And I was like, okay, I know this is transition, like it's happening. And she did come out pretty fast too, just like my second. But with this one, it wasn't as easy as her. Um, It was kind of like I had to work alongside my body because I did feel my body pushing, but I had to kind of help it along. And it's really hard to explain because I didn't feel like I was pushing, but I was just making sure that like I was getting myself situated in the right spit in the right spot and kind of intentionally like breathing down this time. And that's what really helped too was making sure that all my breathing was going down and like pushing itself down. Um, And that helped her come out a lot, but she did take a little bit longer than my second because my second just shot out of there. So with this one, she took a little bit longer, but it was pretty fast, too, compared to other people, how they're pushing for, like, an hour or two. Um, So it was pretty fast and decent, and I wanted to catch her, but the position that I was in, I couldn't, like, move my hands because I was supporting myself behind me. Um, So I had my mom catch her and give her to me. And that was really special because she hadn't ever done that before with my other two. She was able to um, be the first one to hold the baby. And after I had her on me, they're like, well, did you check? Like, is it a girl? Is it a boy? So I was able to lift her up and see that she was a girl. And it affirmed that the whole time I was right that it was a girl. And that was just a really special moment of knowing, like, my intuition was right and just knowing that that was like the moment we're finding out too was super special instead of finding out during pregnancy. So that was really cool too. Uh,
1: wow. Yeah. It's really beautiful to hear how you just went so internal in this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about how it was like I was just operating on instinct. Well, it totally makes sense. From the very beginning, your decision to, to go internal instead of you know broadcasting your pregnancy and sharing and talking with everyone else and listening to everyone else's mm-hmm. opinions you yeah. totally went inside yourself and connected with that and you were able to really experience that primal mother in in mm-hmm. such a deep and obvious way that's yeah. that's the dream yeah
0: Yeah, it was really special and just amazing to experience um, knowing that I was able to follow my instincts and do what I felt was right, and it was just so beautiful to experience that. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think for my next and hopefully last one, that's my plan, (laughs) um, is the same thing, just to have a home birth, free birth. And prepare as much as I can, and listen to my instincts because that's what helped me the most with this one.
1: Yep, that is where all of the power lies. That's incredible. And so, you your birth experiences have obviously, you know, changed your tra- trajectory of what you do outside of motherhood. You know, working as a doula, mm-hmm. having this shop. So, could you just touch on that a little bit, and then maybe tell us a little bit more about your shop?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So after having my first home birth, I became really passionate about home birth and just birth in general at that time, because I felt like women didn't have enough education um, about birth. And I was just mind blown by the things that I was finding out with my second pregnancy that I didn't already know. In my head, this These are things that women should know before they ever give birth. We should have this full education before that. It shouldn't be something that we have to go looking for. Um, It should just be available to us. And unfortunately it's not. But that is what really got me passionate about birth work is wanting to make sure women know about these things and they're educated about everything. So that's what led me to become a doula. And I was a doula for any a place of um birth so I did hospital births I did like birth center births home births and after doing that for it was maybe only a year really I already got burnt out from hospital births just because it was like unnecessary interventions after another and then emergency c-sections and it was really hard on me personally not even my clients I can't imagine how hard it was on them but just on me knowing like these things could have possibly been prevented if they had more education even before hiring me Um, because when you hire a doula you only have that short amount of time to get educated and it's hard to really like change your mindset in a short amount of time. So for some people, they don't have that full experience of learning everything they need to getting their mindset in the right space. Um, And then with being in the hospital and everyone kind of telling you what you need to do and fear mongering you, especially too, um, it kind of throws everything out the window of what you just learned because it was so short of time. Um, But that burnout made me decide to only support home births just for my mental health, essentially. Um, So I wasn't getting burnt out from those because the last hospital birth I had attended, I actually left that one bawling my eyes out because I just was so hurt from the outcomes. Um, So it did affect my mental health as well. And from then on, I chose just home birth um, supporting. And I switched over my whole like doula business that I had online to just be about home births. Mm. And before this, I never wanted to really niche down. I felt like I wanted to be that person where everybody could come to me for anything, no matter what kind of birth you were having. And that's how I kind of made my page. But once I got more passionate about home birth, my page kind of took off from there, which I wasn't expecting that. It just kind of felt like that's where my passions were leading me was to specifically home birth. And so I started posting more like quotes on home birth and like information about home birth. And my following just grew. And I think it was not even four, maybe three months, it grew exponentially. And It was really cool to see that so many people related to what I was feeling. Um, And I was able to just kind of put all of my own words out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that was what made it grow fast too, is it was all like authentic and it was all just me um, and my passion as well. So a lot of people saw that and related to that. And then From there is when I found out that I was pregnant and I wasn't going to be able to attend births at that time because my um, SPD had made me like pretty much immobile the whole pregnancy. (laughs) Um, So I didn't want to be supporting someone when I couldn't even support myself at that time um, because just walking was hard for me. So I decided to stop attending births for that pregnancy, and I wanted to figure out maybe another side income during that time. So I started making home birth shirts, and they were just like, they said home birth mama on them. And that went really good. So I was like, okay, well, I don't really see that much home birth apparel. Like I see sometimes um, people will do merch, but it's like just their logo, of home birth. It's not really, um, like home birth apparel or anything. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that and so many people started liking it and going into it. So it was really cool and special to see people, um, really liking these items that I was making because I made them all myself. Um, like the designs I made them and then I would actually press the shirts and everything. I still do to this day. So it was really special just seeing people liking what I was creating. Um, and, yeah, just took off from there. Now I do – this one says normalize home birth, so it's part of my shop. And I think it's really cool because when people go out with wearing one of the shirts that I've created, they always tell me that somebody out in public stops them and will say, like, hey, I had a home birth too – or we'll ask them like, oh, you had a home birth? How was it? And so it's kind of spreading that awareness of home births. And that's really my goal is not to make everybody have a home birth. Everybody should have their choice. But I feel like home birth is so not talked about because people are scared of what other people are going to say. It's not normalized at all when you say you're going to have a home birth to anyone. They're like, oh, you're having a home birth. Like that's, that's weird. That's scary. That's dangerous. Um, Just because they don't know anything about it. They're not educated on it at all. So I think these shirts are really good at normalizing it and starting to bring up that conversation to people so that more can learn. It's not scary. It's not dangerous. It's not something that's super crazy to do. It's just another choice that women have of where to give birth.
1: Mm -hmm. Amazing. I love it. So for those who are now super interested, because I know there are going to be a bunch of people who are like, I would like a shirt yesterday, please. Where can they go to find out more about you, more about the information that you're putting out? And then where can they go to buy a shirt or a onesie? The ones you think are so, so cute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, my account and business name is Births at Home. And then my website is birthsathome.com as well.
1: Perfect. I will put that in the show notes. Esmeralda, your stories are just so empowering. I mean, really, just that transition from, like I said, this sense of confinement to total freedom. Um, it's mm-hmm. just it's so powerful and it's so beautiful. I have loved hearing your experiences. I know that so many moms are going to gain strength from them. Um, and, and thank you for continuing to normalize home birth just to the public in general. So it was such an honor to have you on the Happy Home birth Podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed being on this podcast, especially because this podcast played a big role also in my to home births. I listen to it religiously, especially when I'm pregnant, but even afterwards, I just love birth stories. So I'm always
1: listening to your podcast and I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you so much. Goodness. As I reflect on Esmeralda's story, one major beautiful point comes to mind. Instinct requires us to go internally, We've got to stop listening to the outside noise and focus on the depthy God-given inner knowing that we all hold as primal mothers. When Esmeralda did this for her third birth, it truly shifted everything. She found complete freedom in her birth and she knew exactly what she was capable of as a mother, that she had everything she needed inside herself all along. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.